This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This world can often be a very hopeless place. Every day, there's the possibility that a man's highest hopes can be crushed, sometimes never to be revived and never to be fulfilled. The world can be a place where someone's very existence can be threatened, their peace disturbed, and their dreams shattered. But for true godly hope, life itself can often become just an experience filled with emptiness, loneliness, and disappointment. In this powerful four-day teaching entitled, Hope Can Make Your Dreams Come True, Pastor Ray goes deeply into the study of this amazing virtue. The life-giving relationship between hope and faith becomes clear as Pastor explains that faith alone, without hope, is merely hopeless faith, accomplishing nothing. Truly, hope with strong faith has a real positive impact on the fulfillment of our dreams, desires, and inspirations but may require both determination and patience too. Here's Pastor on how hope can make your dreams come true. We started out talking about the message of hope. Hope uh, needs to be active in our lives. We know by Hebrews chapter 11 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we talked about hope being the, the, the message, the first message. Um, if you don't have hope in your life, hope is the blueprint. Hope is the dream. Hope is the vision. It's where I want to end up. I may not be there now, but it's where I want to be. And every, every journey begins with first, uh, or every uh, you know, journey to a specific destination begins by thrusting out a hope. And uh, we said this, that faith without hope is hopeless faith. Um, or I say hope without faith is faithless hope. So you can't have, you can't, uh, you're never going to get anywhere. Your faith is never going to be able to produce until you first thrust out a hope. Hope has got to go out before you. And hope will give your faith something to grab onto. Hope will give your faith something to achieve. So we, and one of the things I believe that, that we really need to encourage people in is that we need to dream some big dreams. We need to have some bigger desires and some things that we want to accomplish and get done in our lives. We talked about um, talked about the next thing is, is that I gave you a four-step plan um, or, or outline. And it starts by this. If you're going to arrive at your destination, if you're going to arrive at your hopes and dreams and see your hopes and dreams come to reality, you have to first plan. That's the dreaming stage or that's the hope stage. You have to plan. Um, after you plan, well, well, one man said this way, no one ever planned on failing. They just failed to plan. So a lot of people end up nowhere because they never have a plan. Um, you have to dream some dreams. You have to have a destination. What kind of house you want to live in? What kind of car you want to drive? What kind of job do you want? Where is it that you want to be in the next six months or the next 12 months or the next five years? So it all starts with a plan. You have to start planning. 
And I encourage you to write it down. Write your plan down. Put it down on paper so that you can review it. You can look at it often. It'll, it'll encourage you. It'll help you stay on course. So you have to plan. And then the next thing is you have to prepare. You can't just dream and think about it because you'll never get anywhere just by dreaming and thinking about it. You have to prepare. The prepare part is the action part. You have to begin to do the things that are necessary that will help you to get to your dream or vision or goal in life. And if you never uh, put any action with your dream, your dream will just be stagnant. It'll be in neutral. So the prepare part is, is I do whatever I can do. Uh, and then the rest I leave to God. There's, there's in, every, in, in going for every dream and vision and desire in your life, there are going to be the things that you can do, and there are going to be things that you can't do. So, so I look at it this way. I do the things that I can do, and I leave the impossible to God. I do what's possible. God does what's not possible. God does the impossible. That's a better way to say it. Often people are praying for something bigger and better in their life, but they're not ready to receive it because they haven't gone through the preparation phase. So they have the dream and the desire, but it's not coming to pass because they're not willing to prepare. You have to do the preparation in order to get to the blessing. Wow, does that make sense to everybody? So you have to plan, you have to pray, uh, uh, you have to plan, you have to prepare, and then you have to pray. Prayer has an awesome effect on our future. We looked at one verse in James chapter 5, I believe it's verse 14 or somewhere around there. But we saw, we saw that it says that the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So your prayers can bring about a lot of awesome things. Then after you, you get through the praying stage and incorporating that, you have to persevere. You have to stick with it. You can't quit. You can't give up. You've got to hold on to your dream and vision and your destination. You're praying on it. You're preparing. You're doing everything that you can do. You're looking over the plan, keeping yourself excited about it. And the ultimate end is that you will get there. So you have to persevere. Um, one man said this way, winners never quit and quitters never win. So you're never going to win. You're never going to get to your, your place. You're never going to reach your destiny if you poop out, give up and throw in the towel and back off. You've got to pick yourself up and keep on going. And, you know, let me tell you something. One of the greatest encouragers in your life, you know who, you know what that, who that one greatest encouraging? You're all going to say the Lord, that's true. But you know who, who's equally as great an encourager? You. Take your finger and point at yourself and say, I'm the greatest encourager in my own life. It's truth. You have to sometimes stir yourself up and remind yourself of what God has spoken to your heart and what he's done in your life and where he's brought you and how he's worked in your life. And you need to pick yourself up and encourage yourself. See, the problem is we're looking for everybody to encourage us, but not everybody wants to encourage you. Because there are so many discouraged people, they don't even know how to encourage you. You've got to learn to be an encourager by first encouraging yourself and encouraging your own dreams and your own vision and your own future. And then you become an encourager to others. Does that make sense to everybody here? All right. So, so then we got over to the subject of obstacles. Now, in pursuit of your dreams and visions and desires and a better future, you are going to hit some obstacles along the way. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's weird that you hit obstacles. Obstacles are part of the process, the journey. I uh, think we use the illustration that, you know, if you sit in a car that's parked and it's running and you don't go anywhere, you'll never hit a bump in the road. If you don't want to hit any bumps, you don't want any obstacles, and just sit in the car with the car running, put the radio on, the air conditioning, sit back, have a Kool-Aid or something or an iced tea or whatever, and, and a virgin pina colada, all right? But, but sit, in the car, sit in the car and don't go anywhere, and you'll never hit an obstacle or a bump in the road. It's only people that are trying to get somewhere that hit obstacles along the way. It's only those who are in pursuit of their dreams and visions and destiny and desire and a better future that are going to hit some bumps along the way. 
So don't think it's strange that, you know, you're, you're hitting some obstacles, but those obstacles can be teachers in our life. Those obstacles will teach us that we can stand in faith, we can stand bold, and those obstacles will move out of the way. We'll learn how to get around them or get over them and go under them or just bust right through them. One way or another, you're going to learn when you hit an obstacle that the obstacle should not cause you to turn around, give up, quit, throw in the towel, and, and dash the dreams and hopes and visions of a better future. You can have it all. Just because you hit an obstacle is no reason to quit. The devil will put obstacles in your path to try to hold you back and prevent you from moving along. So we talked a lot about obstacles. So today, I wanted to go um, into another, another facet of this, of this uh, teaching today. And I want to talk about distractions. Because distractions, how many of you, anybody ever have distractions in your life? Man, I'm going to tell you what. Do you know that distractions... And now, let me, let, me, let me back up a minute. When you're in pursuit of a better future and you're in pursuit of, the, you know, the Word of God becoming manifested in your life, like you're standing on the promises, you're believing God for prosperity or healing or whatever it be, let me tell you what. You're, you're, you're walking this journey in the Word every day. The devil is not going to make it easy for you. And one of the things that he's going to do is try to throw some distractions in your way to try to draw you. Because actually the word distraction means to draw away. That's what it means. To divert your attention in a way to draw you away from the direction that you're walking. And the enemy will use all kinds of ploys. And we know the Bible teaches us that he's a schemer, right? He's a schemer. So did you all know that? Did you know because Paul said we are not unaware of the devil's schemes, which also means devices or tricks. And, and he has all kinds of tricks and plans. But one of his greatest tricks that he uses and one of his greatest devices that he uses in the lives of believers is this thing called distractions. Because if he can get you distracted, he can get you off course and he can get you into a mess. How many of you know that most accidents take place because of distractions? You hear a person say, oh, I crashed the car. Well, I was driving along and I was trying to reach for the radio and I lost control of the car. I got distracted and the car went off the, off the road. So most accidents happen. Most mistakes take place. Uh, do you know that, that a lot of unfinished business is the result of distractions? How many times have you set out to do something and you get distracted and you never do it and then one day passes, the next day passes or you get to the end of the week and say, I never did that thing that I was supposed to do because I got drawn away and I got distracted. How many, how many of you know what I'm talking about? See, and distractions will, if you allow them into your life, if you don't deal with them, if you're not a focused person on the most important things that are at hand, you will get distracted, you will get drawn away and the enemy will be sure of it that he'll trip you up and try to prevent you from finishing your course and getting to your destiny and getting to the place that you want in your life, the fulfillment of the principles and the promises of God in your life. The enemy will, will throw these distractions because you have a testimony. And when you have a testimony, you're now empowered to go teach and tell somebody else about what God has done in your life, which will empower them to kick the devil in the teeth and also get the blessing of God operating in their life. That's why the enemy fights so hard to keep you from, uh, from your course because when he sees it, he doesn't know the end result. He doesn't even know where you're going unless you've told him, unless you've let, let out too much information. Sometimes you've got to keep information within and just keep yourself focused and keep going. You see, but what will happen is that he doesn't know necessarily where you're going, but he sees your focus and he sees your commitment and he sees your stride 
And the very first thing that he wants to do when he sees a believer stand up and get focused on something and get your stride going, the very first thing that he wants to do is to interrupt your journey because the testimony is the proof. The testimony is the proof that God is who he is and he does what he says he'll do. So your testimony is awesomely powerful and the devil will use every kind of distraction to try to prevent you from getting to your dreams and desires and to from getting, uh, getting you to a place where you are manifesting the word of God in your life, where the promises of God are not just hold, being held out by faith, but they're being accomplished. They're becoming a reality in your life. I'm walking in the reality of God's promises this day in my life, but it has taken unbelievable focus and attention. And people get distracted by the craziest things. People get encumbered by the craziest things that come along. As a matter of fact, let me give you a verse in Galatians 5, 7. They'll put them up on the screen. But Galatians 5, 7, Paul says it this way. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Or what distracted you from your course? What got in your way? People get distracted by all kinds of things. People distractions, toy distractions, hobby distractions, uh, you know, uh, actually, I wrote down a couple of things here that I thought were really good. There were four busyness of life, cares of the world, demands of the moment, fleshly desires. These all come in and become distractions that get us off course. Anybody, is anybody getting anything out of this? Am I just, am I only just speaking about myself? I've had to learn over, over the years that I've got to maintain my stride. I've got to keep my focus first and foremost on the Word of God. I've got to keep it on Jesus every step of the way. My focus is on the Lord. And along the way, I've got to be certain that there's nothing that's coming into my life that's going to draw me away. No bones along the way that are going to draw me from my, my, my destination. I've got a place that I'm trying to get to in the Lord. I, 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 there's a better life. There's more to accomplish. There are bigger dreams. There are bigger things to do. Come on, somebody in this house. I've seen more people screw up, mess up, um, destroy their future and their blessings, all the things that they've been believing God for because they got distracted, they got off course, and they, they bit the bait of the devil. And the devil will always try to bait you. Now, I believe that every parent here, if you're a parent, you ought to teach your children about these things that I'm teaching you and sharing with you because this is the way life is. And you will better prepare them for the enemy's tactics by giving them these lessons. Teach them. Say, you're going to get distracted. There are going to be obstacles. There are going to be distractions. But it's all in what you do with those distractions. You've got to want something so badly. You've got to want something so, so much that you, you will not allow a distraction to come in and pull you up. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you that I had, didn't have distractions along the way. I've had all kinds of distractions. People distractions. Other things come in. You know, all kinds of distractions. And it's all been the ploy and the plot of the devil to try to drag me away from my course my destiny, what God has called me to do, all the promises of God. You see, so, so it, it's so important for us to, to, be, uh, to realize that if we're going to see our destiny, if we're going to see the word of God manifest in our lives, then you've got to stay pinpoint focused. But when you put your focus on something, and if, first of all, your focus ought to be on the Lord and ought to be on the word of God because you're going to get to your destination not by your own way, not by your own schemes and tactics and things that you think you can come up with. You will get to a better place and you will get to a better life. You will walk in, in realms of prosperity in your life, just like I am, when your focus is upon Jesus and the Word. There's something about focus. There's something about putting your attention on something and just keeping it there and keep going at it that is extremely powerful, like lasers. 
concentrated light. They can slice people open with a laser. They can remove tumors. They can do all kinds of things with concentrated light. So there's something about this concentration or focus that's so powerful. And if, we, if we'll put that into operation in our own lives, you will see how things will begin to change. See, one of the things that I think is the biggest problem most people is that we are just so stinking distracted. You can't keep it together enough to come. I was talking to a guy the other day, and um, are you getting something out of this? Am I just preaching to myself right now? I, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's not a church goer. And he, he, we were talking, I was just trying to explain to him how important it is to go to church. See, people have a wrong idea. It's like, go to church. Well, when I was a Catholic, you went, you had to go to church because you go to visit Jesus. You go to receive Jesus in the host. And, you know, you're bored to, God forgive me if you're a Catholic. I'm, I'm not, I, listen, you know, I prayed for the Pope who resigned. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm not against, but, but I've learned that there's more, more, but, so I'm trying to be as, but, 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 but anyway, um, but, you know, when, when you're a Catholic, you're, you're taught, um, now I lost my, my train of thought. You see, you all laughed at me. You messed me up, man. Oh, learn to go to church. Learn to go to church. Thank you. I just want to make sure you were all listening. But anyway, learn to go to church. So, so we, we, you know, we, we had to go, and, and that's what they taught you. You know, you go, and somehow we carry this over because we think going to church is like the religious thing to do. You don't go to church because it's religious activity. You don't come to visit Jesus. Jesus doesn't live here. Trust me, I'm here all week long. He's not here. He doesn't live here. He lives inside of you and me. When I'm here, Jesus is here. When you're here, when we're not here, it's just an empty old building. So don't be kissing the walls and bowing down and throwing water around, that's not going to get you anywhere, right? You don't live here. So, so, you know, people have this misconception about church, you know. So I was trying to explain to this guy, you don't go to church because, you know, because you have to go visit God or, or whatever. You go because you want to worship together with other believers. And the most important thing is you want to sit under the word and get instructed, right? Now, now, I'm not supposed to do this because my, my family's getting on my case because I'm talking too much about my gym experience and my stuff. But, but just close your ears and be quiet and don't tell me later on because I don't want to hear about it, all right? I'm the preacher. You're the sister. Hallelujah. I preach you sister. Amen. <laughs> but it, it was one of the guys in, in the gym there and uh, the, the personal trainer that I'm working with. He's an awfully good guy and I really love this guy and he's, he's wonderful. But I said, it's like, it's like you. I said, you, you have all of the knowledge to help people to get healthy and strong and build muscle. Do you not? He said, yep. I said, well, well, unless people come to you, you can't help them. Is that right? He said, yeah. And he said, that's frustrating because I, I try to get my family to come. He said, well, it's the same way for me. The reason why you come to church is not because you have to have some sort of religious activity. You need to come to church because you need, you need to be built up. It's like going to the gym. If you don't go to the gym and work the weights, you never get the muscles and you never get the heart rate and the, or the, you know, uh, the cardiovascular exercise. You never get the benefits. You have to show up at the gym and you have to show up with the right clothes and you have to show, you know, you got to be prepared to do something. Not that, listen, you come, I don't mean that, that you have to wear the right clothes to church, you know, just do your best. Anyway, but what I mean is that you don't go to the gym to peruse around and look around and say, oh, nice gym. Very nice. I like this gym. Drink some water and go home. I mean, I know some people, they join the gym and they go and use the snack bar and go home. 
Yeah, well, I met a friend of mine recently, a guy that I know in the world, and he says, oh, yeah, I'm working out. And I'm thinking, you're working out? I think you're spending more time at the buffet than you are at the snack bar because you don't look like you're working out, buddy. You, you're heavier than the last time I saw you. But it's like that. You see, you don't go to church just because, because it's like some religious activity. You go because you're getting the word. You're getting built up. You're getting, you're getting adjusted. You're getting corrected. You're being helped to stay on course. Just like I have a, a vision of what I want to, to accomplish physically in my life. Well, I've got a vision. I've got to show up at the gym. And the, the coach is there. The trainer is there to keep me on course. Just like your pastor is here to keep you on course every week. Right? Otherwise, you're never going to make it on your own. I said that to them. I said, uh, I said, you know what? I read a really good book on exercise. So one of the guys shouted out and says, yeah, but do you know how to do any of it? I said, no. I said, precisely my point. You can, read, uh, you can read this book all by yourself, but unless you have somebody that's been there and has worked it and is working it and is doing it in, in, in there, you're never going to get it operating. In your, you, could have, you could read it to your blue in the face and go, I read my Bible. Well, that's, that's good, and that's a good start, but that's only a start. Because you need someone to help you to stay focused and keep yourself undistracted from the things and the tricks and the ploys of the enemy and keep yourself on course so that you can make it your destination. You can, you can see these promises become a reality in your life, right? Wow, this is good stuff. I'm, 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 it, you know, see, like, like you want, <laughs> I, I, if you want what the man has, you got to do what the man does. You want what the man is experiencing, you got to do what he's, he's doing. And that's how you're going to get it, you see. Otherwise, you're, you're, just, you're, just, you're wasting time. You're spinning your wheels. Luke chapter 10. Let's go there. I've got a, I've got a short, shortcut here a little bit. Luke chapter 10. All right. Now, this is a very familiar story to a lot of people about Mary and Martha. I may remember this. I think it's a very good example of, of distractions. And it says in verse 38, is everybody there? Sam, there. Now, as it happened, they, uh, now it happened as they went, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted, everybody say distracted, with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So, so Jesus is moving in this company of believers. By the way, just a little thought here, that Martha must have been a very wealthy woman or had some means, because Jesus is traveling with a company of people. She obviously has a house that's big enough to house all these people, and she obviously has enough money to take care of them and to feed them. So she obviously, you know, had some means. And uh, so Martha invites Jesus into the house, and, and uh, Mary, obviously as a follower of Jesus, is sitting in the living room at Jesus' feet, just listening to the word of God, listening to the wisdom that's coming from Jesus. But Martha was distracted by all the work. Let me, can I read this to you out of the Living Bible? I love the way it says. So it says, you know, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into the home. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Now listen, verse 40. But Martha was the jittery type <laughs> and was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. 
She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details, exclamation point. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Now listen, and I won't take it from her. Thanks for listening to More Than Conquerors on WMCA. This is Phil Boyce, Senior VP for Salem Media Group. We love our local ministries, and now more than ever, churches need your support. If you've been blessed by Pastor Ray's message, would you consider donating to their ministry? In exchange for your gift of $10 or more, Pastor Ray will send you a copy of Heaven is a Real Place, a three-CD message you have probably never heard preached before about what God says heaven is really like. To donate, just go to livingwordchurch.org or mail a check to P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. That's P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to tune in to WMCA Mondays through Fridays at 2 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. for more than conquerors. Or visit livingwordchurch.org on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for their online streaming service. And now a final message from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.